welcome to the podcast. In this episode, we will be reviewing the March 23 episode of Monday Night Raw. But before that, we will start with some news that Charlotte Flair has tested positive for COVID, hence her non-appearance as of recent episodes of Raw. Now, we just wish for a quick recovery of Charlotte Flair, who confirmed her health status over on Twitter. This has also put a question on who the opponent for Asuka will be at WrestleMania, which will be answered later in this podcast. We start this Raw with a repeat match between Sheamus and Bobby Lashley, which who has previously main evented Raw last week. And at this point, it's just one of those lazy bookings by Monday Night Raw and involved an interference by the rest of the members of the Hurt Business as well as Drew McIntyre. I just hope that it's this is going to be the last we are going to see of Sheamus versus Bobby Lashley at the moment and we will be able to move on with better ma- better booking for Raw before WrestleMania. This match was then preceded between a match between uh, between Asuka and Peyton Royce, which delivered an excellent one-on-one matchup and provided a catalyst for that promo of Peyton Royce over at Raw Talk a couple Raw episodes ago. It did not hold back in the talents of both Asuka and Peyton Royce in this match. And it is just great to see Peyton Royce not be involved in a tag team as she has been already removed from her tag team partner in Billy Kay for in the Iconics. So it just makes sense for them, for WWE to book her as a solo star. And I love seeing this match between Peyton Royce and Asuka, we get to see the true talents of Peyton Royce. And it was a clean match. It wasn't an automatic win for Asuka, who has had a history of having these quick, overpowered matchups. So I'm glad that Peyton Royce was given this chance, and hopefully, she's booked with a rightful opponent at WrestleMania and that this run would not be wasted. This was then followed by the debut of Rhea Ripley on Raw, declaring that she wants to face Asuka for the Raw Women's Championship match at WrestleMania. Rhea Ripley has mentioned the case of Charlotte Flair, who has been who has tested positive for COVID-19. Rhea Ripley is not going to be a sort of a substitute to this match. Instead, she is a rightful opponent for Asuka and a superstar who could deliver a well-choreographed and great match against Asuka at WrestleMania. 
and it is also could be a sort of redemption arc for Rhea Ripley as she has previously lost against Charlotte Flair last year in a match that a lot of people would just like to forget about that time that Charlotte was going after the NXT championship. It would be sad, however, on the part of Asuka to lose this match at WrestleMania as Asuka was never really given a fair chance to defend her title against superstars who would who are rightful to to face her and at that time she was even booked to be in a pre-show against Selena Vega which was eventually changed after causing such uproar so maybe this just said that Asuka would end her reign as champ without having to leave much memorable matches throughout her reign. Perhaps Asuka could add some something special to her match at WrestleMania by portraying this demon-like figure that she has previously done in Japan. And I'm excited to see what this match will, will be. Moving on, we are treated with a segment of Miz TV with John Morrison and The Miz and The Miz say, saying that he is a two-time Grand Slam champion and has mentioned other uh, WWE legends who are not a Grand Slam champion and later on mentioned how celebrities are undeserving of getting these shots at WrestleMania, which is a reflection of John Morrison's real-life sentiments at WrestleMania 27 when Snooki was awarded a spot at WrestleMania instead of a hard-working female superstar at the time. At the end of the Miz TV segment, we are given this matchup between The Miz versus Jeff Hardy, where Jeff Hardy requested that John Morrison not be at ringside. This matchup gave a late 2000s WWE type of feel, and I, uh, I really like the clean win by The Miz, and I like how this type of match was just as long as it needed to be. I really like that Raw is booking a lot more clean wins and a lot more unpredictable outcomes. At the end of the match, we are given the announcement that The Miz would be facing Bad Bunny at WrestleMania. Now, a lot of other people may argue that this should have been a tag team match. But going back to what I said earlier, I like this unpredictability in the WWE booking. And having a tag team match really did just seem as though that was a predictable outcome already. It is upsetting, however, to see Damian Priest and John Morrison being relegated to a manager role in this match because both superstars deserve a match at WrestleMania. But we will just have to wait and see, as perhaps 
John Morrison and Damian Priest would be occupied with a different match at WrestleMania. Moving on, we are given a backstage short segment where Matt Riddle is annoying AJ Styles with a scooter, calling him team captain despite Survivor Series passing so many months ago already. Now, I I like this character of Matt Riddle trying to annoy other superstars and not really being aware of what day it is, what time of the year it is, and still calling people by old names. And it also shows that there was this missed opportunity to have an AJ Styles versus Matt Riddle at WrestleMania. However, most fans just don't want to see Matt Riddle anymore. They just cannot get over Matt Riddle after his real life issues. So it is probably better that AJ Styles stick with his match against the New Day for the Raw Tag Team Champions with his partner in Omas. Now the following match was a match between Kofi Kingston and AJ Styles. But prior to that match, we are treated with yet an entertaining segment where the New Day tries to break up AJ Styles and Omas by questioning their friendship together, asking things about whether AJ Styles truly knows Omas. And that's really one of those entertaining segments which I hope continues throughout the remaining episodes of Raw before WrestleMania. This matchup between AJ Styles and Kofi Kingston was yet again a great match and I am so happy to see a vintage Kofi Kingston and necessary assist interference by Xavier Woods in order for Kofi Kingston to gain this win. It is the type of interference that I enjoy because they are tag champ they are tag team champions and have great chemistry in order to know how to help each other and I really enjoy AJ Styles getting annoyed at the new day and this is definitely a segment which I hope to see again next week and I look forward to their match at WrestleMania. At the end of the match, we are given an interview by Sheamus with the new Raw interviewer and an interference by Matt Riddle, which is which is cool because uh, he has previously done that to other superstars. And in that interference by Riddle, there was sort of a tease that Sheamus would have this face turn after previously failing to win his last few matches. However, instead, that scooter would be used as a, re- as a weapon against Matt Riddle. And for those people who hate him at his real life and his real life antics, it may be is satisfying to see him get beaten. However, for those who choose to suspend reality, maybe they would be annoyed at Matt Riddle being attacked by Sheamus. But I hope to see something come out of this. Perhaps 
a Sheamus versus Matt Riddle at WrestleMania, but doing so would leave Al- Mustafa Ali without an opponent at for at WrestleMania. The next matchup would be Drew McIntyre versus Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin, who are also members of the Hurt Business, in a handicap match, wherein if Drew McIntyre wins, both Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin would be barred from ringside in their match in Drew McIntyre's match against Bobby Lashley for the WWE Championship at WrestleMania. Now, I think that this should have been a solo match between Drew McIntyre versus Shelton Benjamin, as doing so would give this sort of old-school feel as to a throwback to when Drew McIntyre first started to wrestle at WWE and some of the last few years of Shelton Benjamin before eventually at WWE before eventually returning in 2016 and I really see that Shelton Benjamin deserves more solo matches instead of being trapped in this tag team matches Shelton Benjamin versus Drew McIntyre just seems so well choreographed and just seem as though they can really deliver a five-star match when they want to. Shelton Benjamin is a great, great superstar. Perhaps a trivia about Shelton Benjamin is that he used to be teammates with Brock Lesnar before, before entering pro wrestling and before Brock Lesnar was signed into the WWE, one of his demands was that his fellow teammate is signed at pro wrestling as well, which is a huge demand given that Brock Lesnar, despite his size and athleticism, has no experience in pro wrestling, yet he has given a demand and helped out a friend to get into the WWE. And Shelton Benjamin deserves more from this Hurt Business Alliance. This handicap match, however, um, really portrayed Drew McIntyre as a strong superstar. I love seeing this strong Drew McIntyre, but not an overpowered Drew McIntyre, without having to make Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin look like jobbers in that match. What does not make sense though is that both Cedric Alexander, Shelton Benjamin, and the rest of the Hurt Business seemingly don't care about the fact that they've lost the Tag Team Championship. It's like they don't even want to attempt to get a rematch from the New Day. It also does not make sense how why would they care about being a ring on ringside when Shelton, uh, Shelton Benjamin and Cedric Alexander was not really there for Bobby Lashley in the first place when he had that match against The Miz to win the WWE Championship and to also defend the WWE Championship. It doesn't make sense to me how they suddenly want to help each other in that, uh, in that regard.
at the first place. I think that the presence of Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin should have been there during those matches with Bobby Lashley because just having MVP there at ringside just doesn't look good for MVP and this does not look good for the Hurt Business as a whole. It is also a missed opportunity that Bobby Lashley was not given a pay-per-view matchup to defend his WWE Championship. And not doing so really exposes the fact that the WWE is merely making him a transitional champion. Now hopefully the next Raw or the following Raw we are given a matchup that Bobby Lashley is defending his championship before WrestleMania, before facing Drew McIntyre. Upon the confrontation between MVP, Cedric Alexander, Shelton Benjamin, and Bobby Lashley, the Hurt Business at the locker room, we are given this explanation that MVP did not require the assistance of Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin in the first place. Hence, why they have not been there for the past few matches of Bobby Lashley. Instead, we see MVP blaming Shelton Benjamin and Cedric Alexander for losing that handicap match against Drew McIntyre. Now, that just doesn't make sense to me as it seems as though MVP did not really care about them losing the tag team champions so I don't understand why suddenly it's a big deal that Shelton Benjamin and Cedric Alexander are losing when MVP has really shown that he's focusing on the championship run by Bobby Lashley. So what Bobby Lashley instead does was to approach other superstars in the locker room and setting a bounty against Drew McIntyre and whoever would be able to knock him out would get a chance for the WWE Championship which really sounds like a sort of SmackDown versus Raw Road to WrestleMania booking and I'm not upset at that that seems like a great idea and it also gives some a sort of role on raw superstars in the locker room who are not necessarily booked properly and who are limited to running and chasing over the 24-7 championship the following match was a women's tag team match with Dana Brooke and Mandy Rose facing the, the the women's tag team champions in Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler with the presence of Reginald who is the boyfriend of Nia Jax. Now I really see that Reginald is working hard for her for his position right now which is good and really makes us care about uh, the position of Reginald even more so than perhaps just this annoying type of character. We actually see you know progressive storylines of a 
gender bender role and sure it's annoying to that Shayna Baszler is stuck in this but uh, it's very it's a very funny and entertaining segment that to have Reginald and uh, Nia Jax uh, portraying this couple so it's one of the best couples that we've seen in a while better than quite frankly better than Otis and Mandy Rose previously and I, I would love to see more of this um, Reginald and Nia Jax provided that um, it does not it's not overdone and that it is booked properly now seeing this tag team match we we actually see that there has been efforts done on the women's tag team division despite raw not being necessarily the best women's division and all of the brands of WWE Perhaps we're going to end up with a gauntlet match at WrestleMania for the women's tag team champions as each tag teams on all on both brands of SmackDown and Raw seemingly look as though they deserve a shot a shot at WrestleMania at the tag team champions at WrestleMania. What has also enhanced was the acting of Alexa Bliss as well as her makeup for her role as this partner of The Fiend, this sadistic, mysterious partner for The Fiend. But her segments simply were not enough for us to really care about The Fiend, at least limited to her promos. After that segment, we are treated with a segment on the ring with Elias and Shane McMahon together with Jackson Riker and Shane explaining that at this point Elias is a lot more prepared against bronze to face bronze Strowman on Raw instead of last night when it was merely a surprise and it was just one of those raw matches that did not make sense as it is merely a repeat of what was previously shown at a pay-per-view the, fo- uh, the following night and we also continue to see this bully type of character that Shane McMahon is and that WWE is trying to get us to back up Braun Strowman when the fans have no reason to back up Braun Strowman other than the fact that he is one of those superstars that has escaped his effects upon upon a feud against The Fiend. So it is just difficult to know what kind of character Braun Strowman is, if he is a face or we just don't understand his character right now. So after that segment, we're given this match between Braun Strowman versus Elias, which was a fairly alright match. And uh, what was particularly special about this match was the pumping in of train noises whenever Braun Strowman would charge outside the ring and that gained a lot of traction on Twitter, 
some people hate it. I personally love seeing it. It's comedic, and I I love uh, that they've added something into Braun Strowman. Ho- however, I guess that d- did help me to find a reason to back up Braun Strowman. But I would love it if Braun Strowman did a little. Um, change of outfits perhaps a different shirt instead of this um instead of the shirt that he's wearing right now and we are also shown that shane mcmahon isn't actually injured and at the end of the match we have shane mcmahon declaring that he wants a match against braun Strowman at wrestlemania and Shane repeatedly calling Braun Strowman stupid. But after hearing what Braun Strowman had to say last year amidst the pandemic, I guess Shane McMahon isn't wrong at saying that. An announcement was then made on which match would be at the night one of WrestleMania and the night two of WrestleMania. Night one so far, the matches announced would be Bobby Lashley versus Drew McIntyre for the WWE Championship, and as well as the SmackDown Women's Championship match between Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair. Bad Bunny versus The Miz would also take part on the first night at WrestleMania, of WrestleMania. Night two would be the Universal Championship match between Roman Reigns and Edge. At least that is the matchup for now. Who knows, maybe Daniel Bryan would be involved in this match. And the Raw Women's Championship would also take place at the second night of WrestleMania, which involves Asuka versus Rhea Ripley. Now, I just hope that for the first night at WrestleMania, we are given Bianca Belair versus Sasha Banks as as the main event of the of night one. All other matches I don't wanna judge too much because there might there might be still a subject subject to change. To close Raw, we are given this segment between the Fiend and Randy Orton, where Randy Orton tries to burn the Fiend alive again by spilling gasoline all over him but fails to to light a match in order to burn the fiend now i have to say uh, despite what i've felt about this match in the past before i see that perhaps maybe randy orton may win this match despite being a clear victory for The Fiend as he has previously lost against Randy Orton in a previous Wrestlemania and in a previous pay-per-view in TLC that Inferno match however unlike John Cena last year where we are aware that John Cena won't be given this um, won't be seen for the rest of the year maybe it will be different now that uh, Randy Orton is an active superstar and Randy Orton has also been pushed, has also been being pushed 
So who knows? Maybe Randy Orton may take this win for at WrestleMania against the Fiend. Now this is the end of this episode. I hope you enjoyed, and please take care and stay safe.